Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix, T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network, by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, the ASU fans home away from home, Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Club hockey fans, ACHA hockey fans around the Southwest, around the United States, Canada, wherever you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app tonight. Scott Strandy joining you as always, or not always, but tonight from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, uh, joining me from Las Vegas, Nevada. And Stephen, I almost forgot to mention that this is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by our friends at Maryville University, where the... Uh, the Saints are getting ready to get on the ice and start doing some uh, some work and preparing for the start of an ACHA season. So, my friend, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Scott. We are on the last day of September. The Stanley Cup final is over. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the champions. We're now without hockey games for who knows how many <laughs> months. But, you know, we've got ACHA hockey looking to start in January. We might have some other hockey around that might start sooner than that. So, uh, it's really not really a break now because as you texted me earlier this week, you've got the draft coming up with the NHL, free agency, of course, all the stuff that we're doing with the college and the club stuff. So we've never really had a break, and, and it's not going to be a break now that there's no more games, which is well, great. We love that. We love that. So much so much to talk about. Absolutely. Well, let me tell you this. There, there is hockey on the very near horizon because uh, the uh, uh, USHL announced uh, their schedule, and uh, they will start play the first weekend in November – I know the NCAA is talking about possibly November 20th or Thanksgiving weekend or just after that. So the discussions are out there, all kinds of good stuff going on. Um, tonight, we've got another great guest. We're going to welcome in uh, the president, the GM, the head coach, Mr. Everything from the uh, University of Utah. Uh, uh, A.J. Bolden is going to join us, and uh, we'll talk a little hockey. And probably the most important thing, Stephen, is he's a Minnesota guy. So, I mean, come on. It all fits right in, right? Right up your, right up your wheelhouse. <laughs> right up your wheelhouse. Uh, you, you know the state of hockey. we got to bring on more right. and more people. But Utah just added to our coverage area, so that's why we want to have AJ on. We want to talk a little bit about his program and about what we're going to be doing to cover him and how exciting it is. Not only that, but they just joined the Western Collegiate Hockey League as well. So UNLV, Grand Canyon, and Utah all joining uh, Arizona State. Uh, University of Arizona, um, and of course the schools in Colorado and Oklahoma. So um, great to have more competition and and a drivable area. So we're excited to to talk to AJ here in just a minute. Um, in the meantime, though, Stephen, uh, COVID things are getting a little relaxed. I'm going to meet you up in in Vegas tomorrow. We're doing the uh, the three year anniversary, and I hate using the word anniversary. It's a three year remembrance of the. Uh, one October shooting, and we're going to do a little feature on that. So uh, Governor Sisolak uh, opened up things again for, what, 250 people in gatherings now? Yes, 250 people in gatherings, uh, or 50% of the, of the building, whichever is less. Uh, which, but what the biggest thing is, well, it, that's a good thing because it, it, it leaves the door open for, for shows to return in some way on the Strip, which, of course, have not been able to run during this whole time. But, of course, what's excited for us as sports fans is the, the aspect of having live sports back with spectators in at least a limited capacity, which UNLV football is planning to do that. And they, they're 
if they get their plans worked out, they can have 10% capacity at Allegiant Stadium in the beginning, which would be 6,500 fans, which is still a lot of fans because during the days of them playing at Sam Boyd Stadium, there was probably some nights, games that they were probably not getting that. So it's not going to it, – not going to be much different for them in that regard, but it will be exciting for them. So the, the momentum is really moving in a positive direction. Now we just have to hope that people can can continue to be responsible, um, do what they need to do. The Raiders got in a little bit of trouble this week with, with something that they should have been doing. But anyways, uh, we just got to wear our masks and, and try to avoid crowds if we can. And if, if we can go to these things and space them out, I think it's great. And it leaves the door open now that now that the green light's been given on on having limited spectators in sporting events and, uh, and shows on the strip and concerts and stuff, I, I think it's 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 a great move forward and it, it it's great as we try to get sports to return in some some capacity with with fans, which is what we want. Well, absolutely, and like I said, this show is designed to talk club hockey. We talk professional hockey on Monday. We talk NCAA hockey on Tuesday, and club hockey, of course, on Wednesday. So, without further ado, let's bring on the uh, the GM, the president, the head coach. AJ Bolden is with us uh, from Utah. AJ, can you hear us okay? I certainly can. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You got Scott and Steven with you tonight. So uh, let, let's clear this up right away, AJ. Uh, two Minnesota guys against the uh, Las Vegas guys. Not really a fair fight, but, but we're going to do it anyway, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us because uh, uh, as I announced a, a couple of weeks ago, we expanded our coverage area. We covered pretty much a desert Southwest. And uh, we had a lot of interest from, from Colorado, Utah, uh, even New Mexico, even El Paso uh, on their uh, junior program down there. So we thought, you know what, we're going to expand. And uh, we reached out and now we call ourselves ice time hockey Southwest. We just got rid of the desert part of it. And uh, we have the whole area. We're excited to have you not only because of the new coverage area, but also the fact that you're going to be joining the, uh, the western part of the Western Collegiate Hockey League. So um, welcome aboard. Let's start right there. Tell us a little bit about how excited you are to have your program uh, in a league. Oh, it's it's wonderful to be in a conference. And the one thing that I do want to just get out of the way real quick is I am not going to be the head coach. Um, I've never uh, taken on those duties. We'll be making a, a head coach announcement next week. Um, but just – Everything else you said is correct, but I didn't want to mislead your listeners and on the fact that I was the head coach. So just throwing that out there. But um, throw, uh, in terms of the WCHL, we couldn't be more excited. Uh, we uh, moved up to the Division I um, uh, ranks uh, back in 2016 and have been playing an independent schedule for the last four seasons, and we could not be happier to be part of the WCHL and um, the wonderful teams that are our members and really looking forward to uh, kicking off a, a great hockey season. Well, thanks for clearing that up because uh, I'm going to blame that on our friend Chad Berman because I asked, asked uh, <laughs> how to get in touch with you. So I'm passing the buck right on to Chad. But uh, you, did do okay. some, you did do some goaltending coaching uh, right at Utah? Oh, yeah. I'm still the goaltending coach, but really what – you know, it turns into is uh, I, it's always better for our coaching staff to be able to focus on on the on ice part of the job. And I that relieves me and allows me the flexibility to work on all the off ice uh, part of things. And what I'm able to do as well is is assist our head coach and, you know, focus on the goaltenders because that's kind of my jam. And um, it's, it's always been a good balance for us to have head coaches that can strictly, you know, worry about, the, you know, the hockey and on there to support uh, our coaches and our student athletes and make sure that we're giving them the, the best experience that we possibly can for a non-varsity program. And, and can I, let me just, so I want you, can you go into that a little bit more? Because at this level, it's, it's tough. It can be uh, – it's tough. You get, most of the coaches, a lot of the coaches kind of run everything. You know, they're, they're the coaches, and then they also run the operations staff. That happens at a lot of the teams within this area. So how important will it be that you will have coaches that can just focus on the coaching aspect and then you can focus on the other administrative stuff and, and to help get the team promotions and, and all that stuff that goes around running a team instead of trying to do everything yourself? 
Well, the one thing that, um, and I can only speak for my program, right? But we have, um, you know, basically a volunteer crew. We're going to have some stipends uh, coming into play here soon. And primarily what that does is I don't want to overtax any one of our, our coaches or our staff members um, with a, a full-time job. And, you know, for, for those people who have a day job and then coach um, when they can, I think that's really where this comes in. And, you know, there are certain programs in the ACHA division one ranks that are fully funded by their universities and are their coaching staff are employees of their university uh, at Utah, things are a little different. You know, we're regulated by Campus Rec, but we're basically um, self-contained, if you will, and that allows us some flexibility, but it also adds some, you know, some some more restraints, and uh, it allows us to have the ability, if you will, to go out and fundraise for things, but and and kind of do things our own way as long as we're complying with, you know university regulations, ACHA regulations, USA hockey regulations, but it really comes into, especially running a, a D1 program, um, it's just too much for one person unless that's their only job. And so our entire organization has consists of people that are, that have a day job in addition to their hockey related duties. So that's, I think that's where a lot of the differentiation comes in. And luckily for us, we are able to to staff properly and have that done um, and allow people to, you know, sleep at night and have families. And, you know, I, I, I'm trying to say that jokingly, but it, it can be a lot when a head coach has to, to do everything. And I think for, for, at least for us, it gives, you know, some, the ability for our staff members to really focus on what they're, passions are and or their priorities and I mean it, it's always nice to uh, I'll just take practice for example like our head coach and our assistant coach um, who will be with us this year you know their their only focus is going to be you know what happens at practice and games and that's going to allow me to to go from my university job to hop on the ice and and worry about my three goalies and push pucks and just be support, you know, for our, our other coaches. And what that also allows on the inverse side of it is our coaches know that they have uh, a general manager and an assistant general manager that are there to support them. And the players not only have a conduit um, through their coaching staff, but they have a conduit through the university, through what we like to call the front office. Yeah, that's very well put. Uh, AJ, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me when I think Utah hockey is is two things. I think the Winter Olympics and, and the great job that uh, Salt Lake City and the, the state of Utah did in presenting that, but also the Beehive, which is the D2 tournament that goes on up there and the number of teams that you bring in and, and things like that. So tell us a little bit about Utah hockey in the ACHA D1 level and uh, the climate and how, how things are going in the building process over the last, you know, four years or so. So, you know, we were, we were founded in 2006. So this is our 15th uh, season as a program. And, you know, we did the first uh, 11 at the D2 ranks and, you know, there was kind of a hotbed of hockey here in Utah. Uh, we had four teams for quite a while at the D2 ranks and then, uh, we added a fifth. Uh, so, and then I know Southern Utah University is, uh, I don't know if they're an ACHA program quite yet, but, you know, we're, we're looking to have more programs. And for us, it really turned into the, the next challenge. And that's why we, we applied to go to Division One was we found a couple of years of success at the D2 ranks. And then we hosted the, the D2 National Tournament. And we lost to we lost one of the pool pool games or pool round games to Florida Gulf Coast, and um, they ended up playing for the championship against NYU. And uh, NYU won that year, but then NYU also uh, moved up to Division One uh, along with us. And I think we were might have been the same year or the year after Missouri State. Um, so 
really what it kind of turns into is our student athletes were asking for more. Uh, our organization was really looking to grow and uh, part of our master plan has been to, you know, move to division one at the men's rank. And then we added a, a division one women's program last year. And so we're trying to really build hockey uh, in Utah and really honor what you mentioned earlier is the, you know, that the Utah is known as the state of sport. And when we hosted the Olympics in 02, you know, hockey is a huge Olympic sport uh, around the world. And I really think that we're trying to grow it uh, as best we can, you know, within the state of Utah. And it's, it's been, it's been a wonderful journey. This is, I think my 14th year uh, working with the ACHA and working with Utah hockey. So it's, it's been a, it's been a rewarding and challenging journey and, you know, we're trying to do the, the very best we can for our student athletes. And the thing that I think, you know, coming from Minnesota, it's always a tough, uh, it's tough to understand the ACHA. Uh, at least it was when, when I first got involved because coming from Minnesota, it's pretty much NCAA or bust, but there's this whole other world um, for college <laughs> hockey for the, the, the athletes that deserve good hockey homes, but may not be. And again, I don't, these are rough numbers, right? But they're not, they might not be the, the top of their class. They might not be the 1%, you know, with only 60, 60 NCAA D1 programs out there. And I don't know, I think it's 60 or 70 D3 programs. You know, that's not a lot of hockey homes and that's not a lot of scholarships to be had. And so when you compare, I mean, again, just on Minnesota, I think it's 11,000 athletes in the high school ranks just in Minnesota alone, right? And not all of those kids are going to get the opportunity to play NCAA. So why not go play for uh, an, an ACHA program, whether or not it's Division One, Two, II, or Three on the men's side, or Division One, Two in in the women's side, and and again, there's so many places to play. You can get a, you know, I, I'll speak for Utah, right? It's a Pac-12 school. Uh, we have a, a rink right across the street from campus. We have a huge opportunity to grow the sport and enjoy your. Um, enjoy your college career as an ACHA athlete and walk out of University of Utah with a, with a great degree. And, and that goes with any PAC 12 school that goes with UNLV um, and any of the programs that are out there, especially at the D one ranks, there's so many good athletes and there's so many good programs. And I am, I might be rambling a little bit here, but I, I couldn't be more proud of what the ACHA offers uh, student athletes on both the men's and the women's side. Yeah, I think that's very well put. Um, it, you know, and uh, AJ, just a little background on what we do. Uh, I started this uh, six years ago um, in September of 2015. And when I looked at the ACHA program, the reason that I, I wanted to get back into this was because uh, Coach Powers was starting an NCAA team. And when him and I met, he said, you know, I, the thing I feel the most bad about is I rated our our ACHA D1 national championship team to build this NCAA program, but it's something I had to do to, to build it. So I, I went to Tucson and I met Chad for the first time and he was just getting started with his program. And Grand Canyon, of course, hadn't, hadn't been, even been born yet. It was still a, uh, a men's league type group right. of guys. So uh, as I saw this grow and Stephen and I have comment, commented about it all summer long is that there's really an arms race going on down here because the competition has gotten so intense between UNLV and ASU and Grand Canyon and, and you guys and, and Arizona to, to really compete hard to bring a national championship to the Southwest. And, uh, you know, I know joining the, the WCHL is something that is going to put you in pretty stiff competition. And once you get in there and, and do battle, coming back out of that gives you a pretty good shot at the national tournament, doesn't it? I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, you mentioned Greg Powers and uh, he's a wonderful coach and has done tremendous things for not only the ACHA, but for NCAA. He gave, you know, the ability that there is hope to add NCAA hockey to any place that is willing to do it. And, you know, they've they've been putting up 
and they've been doing a good job down in Phoenix. And you mentioned, you know, Arizona, I, I, I really enjoyed Berman's barn because it, you know, it's the AHL rink. And for those of you who haven't been there, the Tucson event center, it's, it's a wonderful place. And, you know, when we pull in with our team bus, we're going underneath the whole thing. We show up <laughs> and our, you know, our bus parts right next to, right next to the locker room. And, it's one of the few places in the country that, that, that offers that. And this is at the ACHA and I couldn't be happier to, to, to be playing in those, in those barns. And I'm going to have to, to, to chirp chat a little bit one, uh, just a little bit, but I remember the, the first time we started having success at, at the D one level, we were in our last year at D two and we went down and we actually swept we swept Arizona in Tucson as a division two program. And our guys were ecstatic, you know, like they understood that they put in the time, they put in the effort and they can win at whatever level they want to, to, to play at. And it just goes to show you that, that it can happen. And then you just move around the country. UNLV has got a wonderful barn uh, last. Well, our first year at D one actually, and this is one of the things that I'm so, so thrilled about being part of the WCHL and, and Chris Perry um, obviously runs that league, but we no longer have to log 16 to 18,000 miles on the road every year. And that's what we had to do in our, in our first season at D1. And luckily um, we don't have to do that anymore. Technically we can play enough games to qualify for nationals. Obviously we want to play more, but we don't have to leave the Nevada, Arizona, Colorado area. And, you know, it's, it's great to have the ability to, to hop on a bus. And I know that maybe your listeners are from the Northeast where you can pick up a game within an hour or two, but coming from Salt Lake, every time our, well, our closest opponent is Colorado state. And that's depending on how much snow is falling between eight and 10 hours away. Right? Yeah, that's a fact. That is yeah. a fact. Uh, Stephen, you got one more for coach? Not coach, GM and president. Let's take the coach okay. part out okay. before I you wear this out. Me. You can just call me AJ. It's okay. Okay, AJ. <laughs> okay, AJ. Uh, you know, we were talking about playing in these different facilities. I want to talk about you, uh, your guys' facility up there in Salt Lake. I've had the chance of being there a few times when, when UNLV's played there. I've been on a road trip with them to, to Salt Lake once or twice. And right. I guess talk about uh, that building because you guys kind of have a, a little bit of advantage because obviously it's, the ice is Olympic-sized. You know, that was used as part of the Olympics back in 2002. And, and what's it like? Uh, what kind of advantage does that give you or disadvantage? And, and when you guys go to other rinks and it's a smaller size and then you guys have the Olympic-sized ice and just that regard or, and just talk about playing in, in your guys' facility. And where that compares to some of the other, in the other, league. I always say that the we're pretty lucky in the in the WCHO with some of the great facilities. You mentioned the one here in Las Vegas, uh, Tucson, which I've not been to yet, but I've heard it's nice. ASU, of course, with the low ceiling, but it's a nice, intimate atmosphere there. Uh, sure. you know, Utah's got a good one. Colorado's got a great thing with with on campus there. Uh, they're having, I think, they're gonna have problems this year, but but normally they have a good ring. So just just talk about that. Just being able, you mentioned more about playing with teams in their building and then your guys' uh, building. Advantages, disadvantages. What's what's great about it? Sure. Well, the, the two things that I, I really want to emphasize is you know being part of a, a conference with the WCHL. I think it's really going to build some rivalry that we're really excited to be a part of. And you know, some Pac-12 schools, UNLV, a lot of schools that you know aren't really on the grid besides hockey. It's really going to allow. Um, you know, the rivalries to thrive. And when, when UNLV or Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Colorado State, or, you know, part of the, some of the Eastern teams uh, in the WCHL, when they come to, come to Utah, our fans are going to really, really relish some of those rivalries. And um, they, haven't, they haven't been able to get those uh, as of late because we've been playing a lot of different teams. And, you know, you, you can't, you can't build um, those rivalries without a lot of face time, if you will. And luckily for us, we have last year, we had 700 season ticket holders 
Uh, I don't know what the numbers are around the league, but we're really proud of that, especially when, you know, we're competing with, uh, with football and basketball on those ticket numbers. And the one thing that you mentioned is we do have a slight benefit with our rink location. It is right across the street from campus. Uh, it's technically city owned and county run. So it, it can have some bureaucratic uh, nuances that we have to learn as a program, but we've navigated that for almost 15 years now. So we're, we're really getting to be good friends with them, but it's, it, it is a wonderful facility. Uh, it's uh, seats 2,500. It was built in 2000, 2001, right before the Olympics. And like you mentioned, uh, a training facility for the Olympics. And luckily for us, the proximity is great. The, 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 the rink itself is beautiful. It's super well-maintained. Salt Lake County does a, a fantastic job with that. And I've, I've heard rumblings around the sports world that uh, we're going to be, well, Salt Lake's going to be putting in another bid for the Olympics in 2026 or 2030 or wherever it might be. And, you know, hopefully we can build upon that, that tradition of hockey and really look forward to, uh, building the ACHA and 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 being a part of the WCHL and you know the thing that is interesting for us is the the Olympic size sheet and both sheets in our barn are, are Olympic size and so we get to practice on those four days a week and it's a it's a great advantage for us when we when we host uh, teams and the elevation certainly doesn't doesn't hurt us as much as it does others and. Uh, that's always fun to play in. And then when we get to transition our big game into a smaller NHL size rink, uh, I, I think it helps us because we're able to um, really just increase the speed and really focus on putting pucks on net and, and battling in the corners that weren't necessarily available uh, at the Olympic size. But for us, we've really been good at transitioning uh, to and from the Olympic size and, and onto the NHL size ranks. So, AJ, you know, we've all been going through this pandemic thing, and uh, I give a lot of credit to hockey in general because the NHL took the lead. I thought they handled it really well the way they uh, formed their two bubbles and, and then were able to crown a Stanley Cup champion without, I don't believe, one case within the bubble uh, of uh, COVID-19. But I also give a lot of credit to you guys at the ACH level and the NCAA level because uh, – a lot of people told me in March, and, or I should say April and May, that, uh, look out, this might hurt a lot of college NCAA programs, and they might suffer to the point where they're eliminated because of budget cuts or whatever. But uh, we all know the pay-for-play in ACHA, and I give you guys a lot of credit for being able to continue to, to kind of roll right through this, right? I mean, you had to take the precautions, still taking them, I'm sure, but uh, – the guys are excited to get back on the ice at every campus, and I'm sure it's the same way in Utah, right? Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the, the, the NHL and the leadership that they provided, and I think the, it, we should definitely talk about Craig Barnett running the ACHA and how he's been able to, to help not only the ACHA and all 500 member teams, but uh, really trying to find a, a good balance between safety and trying to find the game and being able to play the game. And right now, Salt Lake City is uh, etching up a little bit on, on cases, but you know, there's other areas where uh, cases are going down. And I think making sure that everybody understands uh, the risks and being able to provide options for teams uh, has been a, a, a wonderful way to approach this. And it hasn't been a one way or the highway type approach it's hey every team's different every organization's different every market's different let's make sure that we can really find some good solutions for each of those programs and and hopefully when we get through all of this and you know for us we're we're fingers across for a january start um and you know if if we get to do that that's wonderful and then like the chris perry the commissioner of the wchl he came up with this really interesting schedule where we reduced game count a little bit and we were able to really, really focus on what matters. And that's just the student athletes and playing the game that we all love. And I think not only at the conference level, 
the university level and then at the at the entire league level for the ACHA. They've done a wonderful job and you know that includes the members at, at USA Hockey and you know everybody in the hockey community talks and there it's I'm sure you guys have heard it but hockey is family and it doesn't matter uh, which which league or how good you were or if you're just a uh, you know a beer league player it's it's all great and that that's what binds us together and I think we can very easily learn from different leagues and you, you mentioned the NHL and I've never met Gary Bettman, but I think he's got a wonderful team together and figured out a way to get it done. And the fans loved it. And I think the players enjoyed it too, because again, they got to play, right? Yeah, absolutely. Steven, you got another one? Yeah, I, I want to touch, I want to focus on this for a minute. Uh, you know, you guys are at the D1 level, but there's some other schools that are, are near you guys that are at the, at the D2 level. Uh, with Utah State and, and BYU, and, and and I know a little bit about the Utah BYU rivalry in other sports. I'm sure it's 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 the same in the hockey. But how how is I mean what is it what is their progression in trying to get to D1? Do you have conversations with them on how and how much would you guys like to see more teams closer to you guys? I'm sure right with Utah schools like Utah State BYU, and how great would it be if they could get in a, in a position where they could jump to the D1 level and and we could have even more more D1 programs uh, in this general area in Utah and within the Southwest area. Sure. I think, I think every team deserves the opportunity to move to division one and some teams are interested. Some teams aren't uh, the thing that, you know, I've, I've had years of conversations with the leadership of all the programs. And, you know, sometimes it comes down to uh, what type of student athletes they can get primarily. Let's, let's take BYU, for example, um, admission is, is, is difficult to get into BYU. And I don't know, you know, exact numbers between let's say Utah or BYU, but, you know, I, I think every program's different and luckily, you know, they, they see what can be done. And, you know, if you just look at the numbers, let's take Utah state, for example, you know, they travel to Colorado a number of times, they travel to Arizona a number of times. Um, and so, it's quite possible that they could build a division one schedule and spend no more money than they would at the division two level because they're traveling to the exact same cities, right? They're just playing different, uh, different teams. And, you know, I, I, I can't speak for them, but I, I, I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful that, that we can grow uh, division one ACHA hockey, not only in Utah, but, you know, California. Uh, there's, there's a number of wonderful universities down there. Um, that that could easily make the move. AJ, that's a good that's a good point that you brought up because uh, we had uh, a couple of gentlemen on from UCLA about I don't know two months ago on our NCAA program, and and the lead into that was is there a chance it, um, UCLA got a, a new um, athletic director who came from Boston College, which is obviously hockey country. So uh, we, we wanted to dig into that and find out if there was opportunities there. And they said, it, and I'll tell you this too, that, that you probably heard this from Coach Powers in the past, but uh, his roadmap to get to, to NCAA hockey is threefold, right? Number one, he says you got to have the support of the university. Number two is you got to have donors or, or money influx. Uh, number three is you got to win at the level you're at. And, uh, right. he, and he says that all the time. He, and I know he tells the guys down here at, at Arizona and UNLV and all that, that you need to win the NC or the ACHA D1 tournament or at least get there regularly and, and present yourself well before you can consider jumping. Uh, so when you talk about teams jumping up in ACHA, uh, that's kind of the way it is there too, but it's also uh, a financial issue, isn't it? Of course. And, you know, there's a famous hockey idiom that winning cures everything and you, you nailed it right on the head. And the, I know the ACHA is very um, positive when it comes to winning programs, moving to the next level. And I, I I'm hopeful that there's there are programs in the Southwest that, that can make that move and find not only the winning tradition, but find the financial support and the, the interesting thing for me is down 
in Florida, I met Pat LaFontaine and he was mentioning uh, how the NHLPA is trying to help build NCAA hockey and the NHLPA, I, I don't know all the details, of course, but, you know, they're, they're interested in, in growing the, the sport out West and anywhere they possibly can. And uh, I, I think there's, there's opportunities for certain universities that, um, that have the administrative will to not only figure out whether or not it's going to be a, a revenue positive sport on their campus, but, you know, there, there's, the NHLPA has, has a mechanism. It's, it's just a feasibility study and they're able to, you know, have people come out and have the professionals um, and other, other folks from uh, different NCAA programs to, to evaluate and whether or not those things are possible. And, you know, you mentioned the new AD at UCLA and, I mean, can you imagine a, a joint program between UCLA and USC? You know, they, they, they build one facility and they share it. I think that would be a, a wonderful uh, place to be. And you got the Ducks, you got the Kings, and, and I think you got the, the political will down, down in Los Angeles to, to make that happen. Yeah, great point. Stephen, you got another one? Yeah, so AJ, uh, maybe listeners may not be as familiar with your program, and, and we're certainly getting to learn more about you guys closely, but maybe just discuss what, what is your guys' style. How, how do you guys like to play when you're on the ice? And then maybe the makeup of your guys' roster for this upcoming season, you know, who, who you have that you've had that, that you're your leaders and just, you know, how your roster makeup and who, who are some of your top players and, and just maybe took, took, on, took on those aspects of your roster looking and then your style of play on the ice. I think we're historically a smaller, faster team. Uh, we have to be just to cover the ice and, and coming from Olympic, Olympic, <clears throat> the Olympic sheet. And, you know, you compare us against uh, Michigan Dearborn or Minot State, where they have a lot of um, six foot five uh, Canadians. And, uh, you know, I think Minot obviously has the geographics for that. But for us, we primarily recruit from the Midwest, um, some Northeast guys, California, of course. I think uh, last year our roster represented 16 different states, uh, and that it would include kids that have gone the junior route and uh, chosen to, to, to play ACHA. And we'll certainly recruit strong uh, prep school kids from the Midwest, and it's it's, it's all around. And it, that's, what's really been fantastic for us is uh, a lot of our guys understand that they're not going to be the NHL uh, caliber player. And so they focus uh, jointly on the ice and off the ice in school. And I'm, this isn't technically what you asked, but I do want to point out that a lot of our guys are, are engineers, they're computer scientists and, for some reason, uh, we grades have always been really good for us. Uh, well, we focus on it, of course, but the our team GPA hovers around 3.1, 3.2, and for some reason, we always have eight or nine guys, which would be you know a third of our roster uh, that would um, that are on the dean's list every semester, and so it's really refreshing to know that a lot of our players not only go out and and find a great uh, career after hockey, but it's, 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 again, it's the, the student athlete side of it. And for me, uh, I just, I just love that. And I really am proud of what they do for that. And so getting into the specifics of our roster, um, there's a couple of guys that I think are really wonderful in, in how they approach things. We've had um, kids, like I said, straight out of uh, high school, um, primarily um, like last year, uh, Tanner Ensign, he was a prep school kid. We've had um, Wyatt Light, he was a, he'll be a junior this year. He's from California. Uh, let's see. Um, and there was a, a gentleman, uh, Otto Chow, um, 
he actually he played for us as a true freshman and he wanted to go uh, play juniors so he left us for a year but returned and has turned into a leader on the on on the program and I think last year we've had well over the years we've had a couple of NCAA transfers um, one of the standouts from last year was Joseph D Benedetto uh, he was a transfer an NCAA transfer uh, and then our our a lot of guys will play, you know, in a PHL or maybe come from the dub. We got Dylan Dix, who's a, a defenseman, um, came from the Utah Outliers. And there's our captain, Alex King. Uh, he was a WSHL guy. Um, and then, you know, when it comes to goaltenders, we're really, really trying to find kids that c- can lead in lead in the program and we've we found a lot of success uh with midwestern with midwestern goaltenders and uh luckily for us they've they've been they've been standout uh, or stand-up goaltenders and um the thing that we also have been very successful at is international students um antonio Nehera, uh played for team mexico and ended up playing for the Banff Hockey Academy, and he ended up, he was actually our second Banff graduate that ended up at Utah, and, you know, I'm just going through the list here, but um, I think every every kid has a unique situation and has, has the ability to turn into a leader, and we also have, like, one of our assistant defensemen's uh, Stephen Palo, he's he's rock solid, um, and he came uh, straight from high school. So I think uh, we've found a lot of success um, from a lot of different types of players, and we don't really focus on one thing in particular. Uh, the one thing that we, you know, we're always looking for is guys that can play, that are really good locker room guys, and can can play. Um, can, can play for the university and that, that requires them to have good grades. I think some of our noteworthy um, recruits this year are Landon Langenbrunner um, from Minnesota, uh, Jamie's son. Uh, we got another uh, transfer, Benji, Benji Mickle, um, really great kid coming from Gustavus. And let's see. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, again, a lot of, a lot of really good players that offer a lot of good things in the locker room and on the ice. And I, I think our entire roster is amazing and I don't want to single anybody out, but you guys asked. So (laughs) I felt obliged. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of got to do that because uh, we know what that's like as well, but uh, and what we've kind of done AJ over the last couple of weeks is brought on the captains and kind of give them a little, a little pump up time too. So we're sure. definitely going to want to do that once your uh, uh, your your head coach is named and your uh, your captains are available. We'll get them back on and give you uh, a chance to let them uh, talk it up a little bit for uh, Utah skate and youth hockey as well. I want to end it for you tonight. Give you the the rest of the night off, if you will. <laughs> is uh, sure. it, tell us a little bit about. I mean, I grew up in Minnesota. I'll tell you, I played. Uh, I graduated high school in 1980, so it's a long time ago. But I played on the last uh, high school team that played outdoor games in northern Minnesota. Um, so so I know what that's all like. But give us a little bit of your background. You told me a little bit uh, while we were texting back and forth about your background. But but tell people uh, your background in Minnesota and, and, and just how the state of hockey has influenced what you're doing in Utah. Sure. Well, I graduated from John Marshall High. Uh, that's in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, my typical hockey stories, if you will. My father uh, built a rink in the backyard, and that's where I learned to skate and uh, just turned into a hockey guy. And I, I remember, I remember this one story specifically. Um, I was really interested in playing hockey, and I didn't start off as a player turned goalie. I just told my dad, dad, I want to be a goalie. And the only thing he could say is, why can't you play basketball? Cause all I have to do is buy shoes. I love it. And 
Yeah, and obviously hockey's a, a, a big thing in Minnesota. Another moment that I shared with my my father is we went to the very last North Star game uh, at oh. the Met Center. And Man, that's real tears coming down my eyes right now, my friend. Real tears. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's that was my next point. Is um, I mean, I was a kid at the time, and I didn't every every human in the rink, every grown man, woman, whatever, they were just, they were just crying. And I never understood until after the game, it was against Chicago. Um, everybody brought their tool chest and they started ripping these seats out of the med center <laughs> yes. and they took them home with them. And right. for those of you who don't remember the med center, but it was, it was in, um, it was in Bloomington, I believe. And they, a week, a week after the NHL season ended, they, they imploded the whole building. And then a week after that, they started building the Mall of America. Yeah. And that the Mall of America stands on the, on the very location of, of the old Met Center. And then a couple of years ago, when Minnesota had the outdoor series, uh, I got to go to the very next North Star game with my father, who, which was also against Chicago. And, you know, that was at TCF Stadium. And it was awesome. So uh, hockey's in the blood there. If, if anybody doesn't have a chance to or gets a chance to either watch or go to the Minnesota State High School Championship in March, it is a sight to behold. Um, every game is practically sold out, and they broadcast the whole thing. And there's a whole thing about hockey hair that will open your eyes to hockey. And um, it, I, I, I just – I just love everything about it. So, uh, yeah, grew up in Minnesota, came out to, to Utah and went to school here. And when I was in grad school, I got involved with um, with the program in the fledgling fledgling season. It was the second season. And uh, uh, the head coach at the time, Sylvain, Sylvain Limoges, uh, saw me play in beer league and asked if I was in school. And I was. And here we go. I'm, I'm playing <laughs> hockey again. I love it. I love it. um, I'm going to give you one quick story, then then I'm going to leave. But where I grew up, I was about uh, 80 miles from Roseville, uh, and I had good friends, the Broughton brothers and and, uh, Butsy Erickson and those guys. And we used to go up in the wintertime. If we could negotiate the roads to get up there, uh, uh, Newell Broughton, uh, Paul and Aaron and uh, Neil's dad would flood the street and we would play we play hockey on the street in Roseville in the middle of winter, and it might have been 30 below with a 20-mile-an-hour wind, and we were still out mm-hmm. there. So uh, I get that love for it. I really do. Uh, Steven's got to just appreciate the, uh, the stories. But thanks so much for joining us, AJ. It's great to have you guys on board. Like I said, uh, I'm going to be making some trips up there throughout the winter and, and get a chance to see you guys play, obviously, when you play here too. So Look forward to meeting you in person. Thanks for taking the time to jump on with us tonight, and uh, best of luck to you. Make sure you let us know who that new coach is and and all that good stuff. The more you give us, the more we can give you. Absolutely. I I can't thank you guys enough for the opportunity. Uh, I can't thank Chris enough for um, the opportunity to be in the WCHL. A shout-out to Brian, um, our our Division I commission, Craig Barnett, uh, executive director of the league. They've been – uh, nothing but supportive, uh, and I know they're they're very supportive of all the programs and uh, Molly uh, for helping us stand up a women's program and uh, trying to be a leader in that arena as well. And so, thank you so much. I look forward to to listening to your podcast in the future, and I look forward to uh, getting our captains and our our new coaching staff on board with you guys as well. Could, yeah, could I, can't wait. Could wait. I just Go ask? Ahead, I I don't yeah, I know. Yeah running long, but I just want to ask this real quick because tomorrow is a pretty significant day in our city here in Las Vegas with the third anniversary of one October. And I was just going right. through the archives and I, and actually UNLV hockey, the first game after the, the tragedy was against yeah. Utah. So I just yeah. real quick, if, if you could just share what you remember from that time when you heard about what happened in Las Vegas and then, you know, everything that went to decide to come to Vegas and what that was like emotionally for you guys and, and just for what you saw in the city, just real quick. I, I just, just was tough to get your thought on that real quick. Well, of course, there's a terrible tragedy, and our hearts go out still to the families and the, and the victims. Um, we were, uh, I think, I think it was a Monday. Is that correct? 
it was a uh, you, Sunday. It was a Sunday night. Uh, yeah, Sunday, Sunday night. night. Yeah. And so we were scheduled to play uh, the Rebels on Friday, and you know the their staff contacted us and let us know how we were going to roll things together. And um, I, I know the Las Vegas Police Department was there. The Fire Department was there. I think it was the the first weekend ish. Um, of, of the new barn. And so there was, there was a lot of emotions involved with that game. I know we lost, I don't know, remember the score, but it was, it was a good thing for, I think everybody to, to, to do something, um, to celebrate what, to to celebrate the victims and well, not celebrate, but to honor the victims. And including including Nick Raboni, who of course was the, his assistant coach. You know, he was one yeah. that was among the 500 or so that were injured, and, and they had a lot of charity for him, and they had a band that people were signing. It, so just yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was a tough weekend, and um, again we were, I, it was, I don't know, it's it's yeah. it's tough, yeah. <laughs> It is, and again, like we were, we were just guests in Las Vegas at the time. But even with the terrible tragedy that went on, it was we were treated with the utmost respect as any team would do, and it was we were just happy to 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 do what we could to to help. And you know, there's a lot of families that that we are involved with up here in Salt Lake that have ties to Las Vegas and. Mm-hmm. I think what was really interesting and and good to see is the entire community wrapping around um, the goodness that can come from working together and trying to 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 to, to be a uh, to be better than some others that obviously can cause such tragedy. Yeah, very, very well, well said. said. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. Stephen, thank you for bringing that up too, because that's a very important point. Uh, AJ, I don't know if you knew, but uh, I'm going up to Vegas tomorrow. We're going to do uh, Stephen and I uh, a feature that'll be out on Sunday uh, in regards to the uh, three-year. Um, I hate to call it an anniversary. I just don't like it. Three-year honoring of of the victims and the way hockey played a role in it. So that'll be out Sunday on our website and our YouTube channel and. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. Stay in touch. Like I said, you got my number now. So uh, the more you feed me, the more I can do. Will do. Thank you so much, guys. Um, best of luck tomorrow. Uh, let us know how we can help. Absolutely. We appreciate that. That is the uh, present GM of Utah Hockey. Uh, AJ Boldan has uh, joined us. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And Steve and I will come right back and wrap up another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly in three minutes. Car whose lease is up soon, and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in the next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for New York State HOV sticker. But being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan, and I'll be checking out Bell Ford and BellFord.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday special at IcetimeHockeySW.com was voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go, shop where Shane Doan shops. Talk to Kevin Wood. Let him know that IcetimeHockeySW.com sent you and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, 
smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan, or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, uh, Stephen March in Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, thanks again for bringing that up. You know, I had totally forgotten that Utah was a team that came in uh, right after 1 October to play the Rebels in, in the, you know, the brand-new City National Arena. And what a big part they are. Uh, of uh, the recovery of uh, Las Vegas after that terrible tragedy. So thank you for bringing that up and thanks for remembering. Okay. No. Yeah. I was, I was, I was doing the interview. I, I looked it up. I'm like, I was like, and then I had a big remembrance that, that Utah was in fact the first opponent that UNLV had played after that. And, and I, then it just dawned on me, well, we need to need to, I hated that we ended on that note, but, but it was, it just something that needed to get oh, in as, I, I, yeah, I, I think that was a good point because uh, tomorrow is that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very uh, timely. I, I don't like the I don't like the word anniversary. It, it's a remembrance. It's the right. third remembrance. How about that? Um, yeah. And like I said, I'll be up there with you, and we'll uh, we'll do our best to uh, kind of portray um, the recovery efforts and how hockey has been a big part of that in the city of Las Vegas. And of course, our hearts and uh, prayers are still out for all those that lost. Uh, family members and friends in that tragedy and all the people that were injured and, and have to deal with the, the scars of it. Um, you brought and there's up no, Nick. And, uh, yeah, Nick Raboni. Yeah. There's no question, Scott, that, that hockey played a role though, uh, in, in, oh, in this. I a mean, massive role, a massive, a massive role. I mean, the Golden Knights were just getting ready to start their first season and then this happens and then they play. Uh, they haven't played a home game yet, Stephen. Right. <laughs> and just and a couple they, preseason they, games and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, and they jumped out into the community with the blood yeah. drive and the support and, and yeah. the job that Bill Foley did and leading the whole thing for, for getting the, his team involved in, in the recovery efforts. And then what they did on the ice to uh, ease the pain, if that's possible, uh, was just absolutely phenomenal, taking it all the way to the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season. I mean, uh, you know, he, he just couldn't have uh, – you couldn't have played it out any better, I don't think, in the way a community uh, totally. And that's why when the pandemic hit, Stephen, I, I looked back at it and I said, you know what, Vegas is going to get hit really hard with this pandemic, probably harder than any other city uh, because of the entertainment business. But, man, oh, man, you know, congratulations to uh, the 
the work that the city has done and the way they've come together again. So it's not really fair that they should have to continually have these tragedies, but uh, kudos for the effort uh, in everybody in Las Vegas. And I can't wait to get there tomorrow to, uh, to document it all if we can. Yeah, it will be good. And then, of course, with, with UNLV and what happened with, with Nick Raboni and, and the, the recovery he made and, and the, the support that, that the UNLV, that the Vegas community showed for him and, and for, for the UNLV in that first game afterwards, it was a packed house. They had a banner people could sign uh, wishing, you know, wishing him well. And, and there was T-shirts that had Raboni Strong on it uh, that people could buy. And the money was all went to help with his recovery. It, it, was, it was so great to, to see that and, and – it just shows you how great this community is. That was one thing that I think was a positive from from something as tragic as that was, and, and certainly we never want that to happen. But one thing I think but hopefully people can get gathered from that is to see exactly how wonderful the community is here and willing to, to help and, and support when, when we go through these trials. And, and, of course, we're seeing it now with COVID and, and, and just seeing how everybody's trying to do what we can to, to help get us get through this and and we'll be stronger as, as a result, and, and it'll, be, it'll be exciting to see the blood drive tomorrow. Uh, I think some Golden Knights players are also, and staff are going to visit Metro, uh, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police, and deliver some, some, some food or something to them, so uh, like, like they did right after 1 October in 2017, and they've done in subsequent years. So, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well, um, we started a little late, so we're ending a little late, but uh, – uh, a big thank you to uh, to A.G. Bolden for joining us from uh, the University of Utah. It's exciting to have them in our coverage area. We look forward to seeing their program and watching them compete in the uh, WCHL. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. So you go ahead and take it away on the, uh, the read, and we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is presented by Maryville University Hockey and is also brought to you by Voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is the presenting partner of the Sunday special. Asked to see our friend Kevin Wood, tell him Ice Time Hockey SW sent you to see the top selling lines of Ford trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Our dining rooms, in accordance to CDC guidelines, are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network. See Andre in the Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you the power of the new T-Mobile. Now you can bring the best of Las Vegas home. Stop by Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located minutes from T-Mobile Arena and New Allegiant Stadium, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right here in Las Vegas, and pick up a bottle or three of our championship barbecue sauce home. By Summer Skates, your team can design its own logo and show it off with pride on our koozies and shower shoes. Team discounts available. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the Mask, for all of your hockey needs, visit any of our three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe, by ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena. Learn to play hockey sessions are back for kids and kids at heart. See OceansideIceArena.net for more details. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Score a Roger Klein hat trick. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try each of our three styles of the best-tasting tequila. By OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. And by MDrive. Go to MDriveForMen.com. Try our new Relax Supplement for better sleep. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by the Ice Den, Scottsdale, and Chandler. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And also newly available on the TuneIn app, just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right, very well done, my friend. A big thank you again to uh, A.J. Bolden from the uh, 
the University of Utah and the uh, president, general manager, goaltending coach, a little bit of everything. Exciting news coming up from them. They're going to announce their uh, their new head coach and coaching staff uh, in the next week or so, and we'll be all over that. And uh, it's always great to talk to Minnesota, no matter what you can do, Stephen. It just, it just rubs off on you, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's it's great for you. It's great for you, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. One of the guys, and I just realized that, that tonight when I was looking at his uh, his uh, freshman coming in, Landon Langenbrunner, uh, the son of Jamie Langenbrunner, who played 18 seasons in the NHL uh, from Cloquet, uh, Minnesota, up by uh, very close to where I went to college. It's going to be fun to uh, visit with Landon. Um, uh, you know, I knew his dad when he was just a kid, so it's going to be fun to uh, – to, to, to rub elbows with them again and, and maybe rekindle some some old memories. But that's a, sh- uh, a topic for another day. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. And uh, Stephen and I will be up doing a Sunday special uh, for the uh, 1 October Remembrance, we're going to call it, three-year remembrance, uh, be up this Sunday. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.